0: Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the Positive View. I'm your host, Christy Murphy.
1: I am your other host, Brianna G., and today we're discussing how to deal with loss and grief.
0: Yes, but before we begin discussing that, at the end of every episode, we set a mission for ourselves. And last week we discussed getting ready for the new year, and we set our mission to identify one thing we want for ourselves in the new year. So how did it go for you, Brianna?
1: This week, the mission went really well. I am looking at the, looking ahead at the new year to have less stuff. Um, So to make, just make more space, not necessarily space to fill it, um, but just to get uh, rid of some of the clutter, get rid of things that I'm not using clothes that I'm no longer wearing. And that's essentially what I've spent the last two weeks doing is, is, the initial kind of work on that and uh, moving into the new year, it's just refining that process a little bit, uh, continuing to go through some um, some things and really looking at what I have and what can I let go of and what can I donate um, so that I can feel a little bit lighter and a little bit freer and less cluttered. Uh, and actually, really ready for whatever is going to come in this in this new year. How did it go for you?
0: I love that. I love like going into the new year of like unencumbered. Do you know what I mean? And having that freedom. And I remembered something that I didn't mention in the last week's episode uh, that. The uh, the woman uh, I think it was Heidi Wall and Susan Loy- Suzanne Lyons who did the you know the Flash Forward Institute that I went to a long long time ago suggested coming up with a theme for a year. And I decided, okay, my theme is going to be rich. Now, we all know I want to make more money. And, um, you know, right now I want to travel from, you know, like negative 5,000 some odd dollars into, you know, many, many millions. However, Mm -hmm. um, the theme of being rich for me doesn't just mean like having some more money, right? It means living like a life that's rich in fun and adventure and love and forgiveness and hope. And so I just looking for ways to enjoy every day and the work that I do more because I keep thinking about my friend Chris saying, you know, in this silent time that he's had, because he's been, we've all been more alone these days than we normally are. He actually had the space to enjoy his work. And that sort of like goes in line with my, you know, theme for this year to be rich. I want to be rich in experience and life and love and really, you know, value friendship. Hello, Brianna. And (laughs) uh, community and just, just enjoy what I'm doing more and to make that a goal to enjoy more instead mm-hmm. of all these, I, and, and not instead of, in addition to all of my more, you know, goal oriented things. Like, of course, I want to lose weight and do all that other stuff, but it's like, no, I want to have a good time doing it. I want to live a rich life. I want to get, you know, um, sort of suck the marrow out of the bones of life. Uh, maybe that's gross. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's where I decided to go with it
1: i think that's great i love that idea of having a theme for the year Uh, i think sometimes when we you know we might have talked about it last week i I get a little feels a little pressure like ah what do i what are my resolutions or what are my goals for an entire year but uh, that idea of maybe having a theme uh, to kind of be that umbrella for the things that you want to do. I think that's a wonderful idea. And I might actually uh, borrow uh, that that theme of yours, that rich in life and love and uh, just overall that richness. I think that's wonderful. Um, and it brings us a little bit into the topic uh, that we are talking about this week, which is dealing with loss and dealing with grief. I feel like sometimes going into something new that occasionally can mean that um, we're we're saying goodbye or or we're losing something. Um, But when we talk about dealing with grief and loss, Christy, what does that look like for you?
0: I'm going to be honest, the first thing that always comes to me when I hear the word grief is death, you know, and uh, oh, hello, welcome to our positivity podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know this is going to be a bummer. But the truth of the matter is, I want to suck the marrow out of life, right? Because I know it's finite and Mm. that there are people that we love and things we love and situations we love and pets we love that we're, we are definitely going to say goodbye to. And those days are very dark. And I, you know, lost my father when I was uh, 26. Uh, My dad died, I'll say. I didn't lose him. I knew where he was Um, (laughs) when I was 26. And the grief didn't really hit me right away. And I think one of the reasons why I thought it was really important to do this topic was because I think I was trying to motivate my way out of feeling that sadness. And what I remember most from that time was not realizing, because I'd hit a strange point in my life where I was grieving that I made good friends with the widow of a good friend of mine. And I started to realize, because a bunch of people around me were in community with me, we were all grieving. We had some of the same sort of grief symptoms that I wish I'd known at the time when my dad died, that those were actually symptoms of grief. And one of it was a general like driving around and not realizing, did I pass where I was going? Where was I just Mm -hmm. now? Do you know what I mean? Like this general, like grief for me looked like A lot of U-turns and a lot of unopened mail and not Mm -hmm. doing my taxes, I mean at all. I missed two years of the California State Franchise Tax Board because I forgot to look into that because I'd come from Florida where there is no state income tax and just sort of (laughs) glossed over that in my haze. Um, And it, it doesn't mean that you can't be a positive person while you're feeling grief, but I think I would have, and I know this now, I would have gotten off my own case about some of the things I wasn't able to deal with at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, because now they've actually done neurological studies where they scan the brain and a person who is grieving can, their brain scan can look often like a person who has genuine brain damage. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So you're not operating or there's a chance that grief can look like not operating at optimum levels. Mm -hmm. And for me at the time, it looked like me getting on my own case about that a lot, and I have learned not to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's something I really appreciate, and I and I notice as we've been doing this now for a while, um, I really appreciate that you're you're frequently coming with the reminder to not uh, get on your own case about stuff. I think, particularly as it comes uh, with or or comes to. Rather, uh, emotion and feeling the feelings, and just experiencing the things that life is kind of bringing to us or throwing at us. That idea that we just have to experience it, um, and that if that experience isn't a hundred percent positive, if that experience isn't making us, you know, maybe if we're not necessarily happy all the time or it's not necessarily joyful. That's okay. We can still, um, we can still have those experiences and we don't necessarily need to get on our case about, well, I'm not happy today. Well, if you've suffered a loss, if you're grieving, of course you're not going to be happy. And I appreciate that because I too have felt uh, some of the same things. And I know we've talked about it here before particularly when it comes to like that comparison, right? Like, man, I've got this thing that's going on. I'm grieving a loss of this person that I care for very much. Um, but sometimes I feel guilty uh, about that because I was lucky enough to have this person in my life for however long they were here, however long they were here. And and I think about that in particularly in particular with um, my grandma who passed away uh, three years ago uh, soon to be and um, you know I was devastated uh, but there was also this part of me that was just like really kind of getting down on myself for being so sad about this thing because I'd had so many wonderful you know years with her and then it's like what are you doing? Um, this is a, uh, sad and difficult time and, and sitting in that emotion doesn't mean you're not, as you said, it doesn't mean you're not a positive person. It doesn't mean you don't generally go through life, uh, with a positive outlook. I think we've said all along being positive and having that positive view doesn't mean Pollyanna, <laughs> um, the much maligned Pollyanna, uh, it just means you're human. And in this particular time, you're experiencing something really challenging. And that is okay. It also um, isn't going to, or, or isn't likely going to, uh, you know, I'll say it's not going to last forever. Uh, so it's okay to take the time to experience that loss, uh, whether it's a person, whether it's a job, a friendship, uh, the loss of something you were hoping to happen, um, it's okay to experience that and process that so that you can work through it.
0: Absolutely. I agree. You know, the hope behind um, just learning how to deal with loss and grief is that One, you can enjoy what you have when you have it good. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right now, I am acutely aware of everyone in my family is all right right now, and that won't be forever. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely definitively say that after my father passed, you know, suddenly we said, I love you a lot more than we ever did. And there is something about um, saying goodbye to a person or a situation or a place that can at a later date give you give you an appreciation for what you have in the here and now. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I'm not one of these people who thinks, wow, so-and-so died. I I do understand how people can say, oh, somebody dies. It's a wake-up call. I don't really like to think of the loss of circumstances or people as just some sort of, you know, psychic alarm clock. It seems a -hmm. little callous some days, especially if somebody says that to like a grieving widow, you know, I heard, you know, like I, please, I wish you'd take an opportunity to maybe choose your words a little carefully. But, you know, it's a very delicate subject and it's very hard to know what to do. And we can only do the best we can. Um, But the promise is that when we deal with loss and grief, we open ourselves up to joy in the future. And um, the problems that can get in the way are just exactly what you said, stuff like comparison and guilt. And for me, one of the things um, was this idea that I didn't have time and that I needed to get things back to normal. Mm-hmm. So then I would be like sort of in a safe place. And then there was another weird one where, especially w- with the deeper one, like with my dad, and, and not all not all losses loom the same. And mm-hmm. there's a weird, for me, there was a weird delay in the reality of it. Like in the moment when something happens, there's a lot of things going on you know, there's a lot of things going on. And that's when everybody is willing to be there for you. You know, you get the, is there anything I can do call, which you don't really know if it's a real offer or not. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. you do call and you're like, oh, it was one of those don't really call me calls, you know, offers, you know, you just don't know where to go. And five, six months down the line, it can hit you. I remember Mm -hmm. distinctly a moment I was in a Wendy's. I think I may have mentioned this before. Uh, I remember a million years ago, me and my dad, uh, I picked him up Wendy's and I brought it to him for work. And I'd ordered the Wendy's Caesar salad and I put the cap back on because somebody else had done this. And I shook the Caesar dressing with the cap on it instead of just putting around there so it coated everything. And my dad was like, oh, my God, I've been doing this wrong for years. Like, this is incredible. Do you know what I mean? And we, we would... We started buying those Caesar salads specifically so that we can, you know, shake up the the container. And, you know, cut two. like seven months after my father's funeral, I'm in a Wendy's that has a Christmas tree. So it's like, oh, God, it must have been, yeah, like May is when he died. So it was December, right? So it's Christmas Mm -hmm. time at a Denny's and I catch myself shaking a Caesar salad and it was the tree, Brianna, and the dressing. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was just like... (laughs) Oh my God, he's gone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's hard to explain to people who've been like, well, I want to be there for you. And it's like, oh, no, I need you on Wendy's Caesar salad day. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is when it's hitting me. Because <laughs> there were other days where honestly, because I was somewhere else, I thought he was kind of still alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, do you know I mean? And And pe- nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about like how it can hit you A long time later. And also, the fallacy of I'm going to get back to normal is no, you're forever changed. Some grief Mm -hmm. changes you forever. There is no more normal. You're a different person and Mm -hmm. you can be a better person for it. Um, But honestly, I'm not going to do one of those things where I'm like, I'm never going to be glad. I'd rather be the rotten person I was before my dad died and still have my dad. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But that's not the choice life has given me. So I can say that I have a little more compassion for grief. And I do know. I don't know, don't be afraid to call someone seven months later to just talk and see if they talk about the person or the situation that they lost then, Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's a delay.
1: Absolutely. And I think the delay can be, I mean, that can be lifelong. I know it, it very much could be seven months later, I think, particularly when you're talking about the loss of a person because there's just usually so much happening as you said that there's a lot of distractors in the beginning um and so it's it could be seven months later with the caesar salad it could be two years five years whatever there may just be something that uh, is going to hit you uh that reminds you of what that loss is. And hopefully, whether it whether you've already, you know, whether people have already come to this conclusion, or talking about it here helps, hopefully, we've put some things in place that can help us to work through that. Um, and perhaps be less taken aback by it, I feel like, for me, I'm finally, you know, have finally started, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, finally started dealing with the fact that I have emotions and that things I can't just avoid, uh, and push things down, like down deep. <laughs> um, but that they're going to come. And so now it's a matter of, okay, so if I get caught, kind of caught unawares, How am I going to handle this in the moment? Because if I happen to be at work or if I happen to be in the car, I can't always react in the way that the emotion is bringing up. So what am I going to do with this? And it's no longer working for me to just say, I'm going to just like pretend it's not happening because that doesn't work for me. So I now have a couple of things in place where it's like, well, if I'm at work, then I just need to... I, you know, I take a moment, take a, you know, I love those deep breaths, take a couple of deep breaths, and I make a resolution that when I get home, or when I get to a place where I can, maybe I'll uh, write a few things down, and then just try to process uh, in those moments. If I can't do that, then maybe it's I reach out to somebody and just say, even if it's not to talk about that sense of loss that I'm experiencing, or even Re experiencing, maybe I just reach out to someone just to have that connection with a friend that helps me in that moment to not feel quite so alone. Because I think, you know, one of the things that happens, as you alluded to, uh, is that particularly when time has passed, um, I feel like I can't reach out because sometimes, I mean, people do expect you to just be over it right I mean there is that sense of like what you're still you're still upset about that um, not always and not with every person but there is that general sense of you deal with it and then it's over and that just isn't always going to work uh, some things certainly you know they're kind of time limited uh, and you kind of work through it and then you don't really need to worry about it, um, again, but then there are those things that just aren't that way. And so finding those things that, uh, are going to help you when those sort of time delays, uh, time delayed sense of loss comes up is really helpful in managing, uh, the things, the emotions and the things that come up with that.
0: I agree. I, um, One of the things that I got a bit of advice on that I thought was really, really clever, like really worked for me was the try to make, try to refrain from making any life-altering decisions for about a year Mm -hmm. after a significant loss. Uh, And one of the reasons is, um, and I wish somebody had mentioned it to me, I didn't have a lot of energy for anything. I just felt really, really numb. And uh, I used to say the only thing I got out of bed for was really bad ideas. Do you know what I mean? And a friend of mine was, you know, for me, it was like a lot of bad dating choices, but a friend of mine took to gambling uh, and another friend of mine took to drinking. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's the, I'm going to quit my job, sell the house and, you know, buy a ticket to the West Coast or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Kind of, uh, that's a Billy Joel song, but there is this uh, sudden need to like affirm life. Do you know what I mean? In ways that may not, that may be a little bit rash. Uh, And listen, if you're going to do it, you do it. Forgive yourself. At the very least, if you ran out and did some things that you're like, why did I do that? Grief. Grief is a genuine reason why we're out of um, our, I mean, they literally can see And it made me so relieved to see that, um, that your brain, like it's not functioning like it normally does. The weight of some, um, some losses loom very large. And I will Mm -hmm. definitively say, I agree that other people can be an obstacle to enduring your grief. There are a lot of people who don't have time for you to be grieving and they make that your problem. Mm. And I would like to say that it's not, that's theirs. They get to deal with that. Uh, And I just want to remind people, I remember a friend who isn't a friend anymore. Uh, I was a comedian at the time, so I had jokes, you know, uh, and I think there was a part where the jokes weren't hitting because it was really obvious that I was grieving. Hmm. You know, they they the audiences, especially in the beginning, felt bad. And then I did remember improving one line. Was I was like, oh, "At least my little people, my dad died for these jokes," and uh, it got one of those "oh" kind of laughs. And I was just like, mm-hmm. and I literally went, "Yeah, I think that's about what that needs." Thanks a lot. Good night. And I left, You know what I mean? <laughs> and um. A friend of mine was like, yeah, I think those jokes will go better, you know what I mean? If you just sound like you're better with, you know, when you're cool with everything. And I was like, well, yeah, except for the part where it's only been in a month and a half and I'm not cool with everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be cool with everything for a really long time. And he was like, anywho. And I was just <laughs> like, did you just anywho that? Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, the audience full of strangers was much kinder, A uh, friend. Mm-hmm. And you and I... Um, yeah, I think it was like within six months, I was not friends with him anymore. But mm-hmm. I remember that same month I got dumped by a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend, and he didn't want to dump me, Brianna. I sensed something was up, but he didn't want to dump me because my dad died. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you just, have you met somebody and you're not going to be with them because my dad died? And he was like, I don't know how to answer this. And I was like, you just did. It's okay. Okay. I want to pay for your therapy <laughs> because you're all alone out there. And I was like, all right, I'll take the money. And then I embezzled it from my breaks because my breaks, I was like, who needs therapy when you can't stop? I mean, literally. So I said, listen, I spent the money after the first three uh, therapy sessions, which were very helpful, actually, on my breaks. I'm really sorry. And he's like, no, if that's what you need, I'm here for what you need. I just feel really bad. Mm-hmm. And I called my friend, the same friend, and I was like, um, oh, yeah. He was like, how are you doing? I was like, uh, my boyfriend just broke up with me. But he didn't want to break up with me because of my dad. And he was like, I just won $700 on match game. <laughs> and I <was> just like, <laughs> okay, well, congratulations on your game show win. I just don't know if I can be around you anymore. So,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, one of the obstacles to grieving is it makes people really uncomfortable if they haven't done it before or even if they have. And um, know that that's not your problem if you're going through it. Some people can't deal with it and that's okay, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Because then I had to deal with like, oh, I'm the bummer person who like, you know, blew his match game high. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> did you know they tried to bring back match game and apparently if while they're shooting those shows you you still get the money, even if it doesn't go on the TV? I didn't know no, that. I
1: did not know that either. <laughs> I you know I have consistently felt uncomfortable, um, like trying to have the perfect words for people when they are grieving. And what I had to eventually come to is there are no perfect words. There really isn't any, cause right. I always want to fix it. I want to make that person feel better. And I think there's a big, you know, learning curve for me was understanding that you're, you're not going to make them feel better. The best you could do is make someone I think feels supported and listened to and, you know, if need be that they're not alone in that moment. Uh, But when I stopped trying to find the perfect thing to say, I feel like I hopefully became more comfortable for grieving people to be around, but then also became more became more helpful maybe um, because I think you really allude to something there in that that sense of loss or that sense of grief is whatever you say it is so it doesn't matter what the thing is I feel like sometimes you know I said it before like maybe I felt like my whatever I was kind of felt like I'd lost wasn't big enough to be sad about or upset about and so I would just like just keep it to myself and not ever I, I think people could tell that there was something going on, but never really like tr- want to like let it out or or burden people with whatever it was and I think um you know very much like pain right it is what you say it is, and you don't really you not even really you don't have to justify that if you are feeling a sense of loss or if you are feeling grief over something and that's what you're going through and hopefully we've been able to cultivate within our circles people that we know that we can go to um to help us work to help us work through some of that but i really you know for me it was huge to just know that look if i'm upset because i don't know i feel like an opportunity has um, kind of come and gone and I'm that just, it's not going to be there for me. Even if somebody else doesn't understand why I'm upset about that or why I'm upset about that loss, it doesn't diminish what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling. And I am going to take the time I need to work through that. And as you said, uh, someone else's inability to understand that isn't, doesn't mean I don't get to take that time. Uh, I think I think you said uh, that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> um, so I really am getting better at acknowledging loss, that something feels like a loss and acknowledging the grief that goes with it and then the other emotions and really truly trying to work through it rather than just ignore it?
0: The ignoring thing is very tempting. Um, And I will say I have tried to put that I'm going to pretend like this didn't happen and I'm going to move on with my life. And the best way to deal with this loss of a person or circumstances or a dream or a pet or anything is to just in their honor, stride proudly to, and you know what? You know what I mean? I just fall to pieces at the most inopportune moment. And I've put additional pressure on me because I've let other people, I've indicated to other people, Hey, I'm ready for insert giant project or responsibility that I am going to fall apart in um, three months later or two months into it. Do you know what I mean? Like I've added extra pressure to myself because I've taken on responsibilities to try and avoid feeling it. And I did that, and I suffered the consequences of that, and it was very painful, and I forgive me. Mm-hmm. And I just want, if that's happening to you, if you're suffering a loss of some kind, like even if right now, like it's not just the grief of someone you love. You could be a pet. I remember it was, um, sometimes I had this weird thing where just certain deaths, like, but wait a minute, it didn't bother me that much when my grandma died. It's like, well, everybody's different. Um, but mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine saying, uh, he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I, you know, I'm just, I just can't get anything done. I just spent hours staring at a space. And then he told me, he was like, you know, I was driving the other day and I was like, where am I? And I was like, did I pass my exit off the freeway? And I was like, wait a minute, who died? And he said, mm. what? I said, who died? That's what grief looks like. I know this one. And he was like, well, nobody died. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What about your best friend's mom? And he's like, yeah, but it's not my mom. And I was like, did you know her? Yeah. I was there every day after school. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, but it's not, And mean, then he started, I said, oh, okay. So you don't miss her. And, he, and then his voice like caught and he's like, uh, do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He was being there so much for his best friend because his best friend died that he didn't acknowledge that. And it breaks my heart. Do you know what I mean? But I just, in case somebody isn't realizing that it's happening to them too, sometimes it's people you wouldn't have expected that loss to hurt so hard.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm
0: saying? Like, it was like, I could tell by the cracking in his voice that he was like, yeah, she, you know what I mean? And there were stories, there were stories he needed to tell about, you know, spending time there after school when, you know, his Mm -hmm. mom was at work and it was just nice. And, And it was just like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're sad. It's okay. Don't. The mail can wait. Listen, I didn't do my taxes for two years and then just live my life. You know, they came back and took it out of my account, Brian. It all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's people who are totally horrified by that. They're like, did they garnish your wages? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that because to, to, to a lot of people like IRS or, you know, it was not IRS. It was the uh, franchise, California Franchise Tax Board. Um Yeah. I didn't handle that for, you know, like nine years. And you would think that that would be the world's worst thing. It turned out that by the time it came around for me to deal with it, I had more energy. So I'm not saying, you know, listen, I'm saying if you can't fulfill your responsibilities, you're going to be okay. And if you are still getting up and you're showering and you're showing up to things, you're doing amazing. Get off your own case. Mm. That's amazing. I always Sometimes as people are like, oh, I just, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you shower? You're winning. Mm-hmm. I, I They were like, well, I didn't. Sh-. I was like, exactly. That's what grief can look like. It could look like, you know what I mean? Wearing the same dirty clothes. Hell, for me, you know, wearing the same dirty clothes three days could look like, oh, I don't know, COVID. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm
1: like, you're winning. You're winning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, just yeah, absolutely. Just in the same way that loss is whatever you say it is, there is not one way to deal with it. So whether it is, you know, you go to a friend or 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 a trusted uh, family member, um, you reach out to a support group. uh, Maybe you're a journaler. Maybe you like to do some sort of art. There are all kinds of ways that people will deal with their grief, and they will deal with their loss. And it's going to likely look different. Maybe if not every time, it's definitely going to, it's not usually going to look the same every time. Um, And so I think you illustrate that with, um, you know, the story of your friend experiencing the loss of his friend's mom, you know, looking to assume that it's that how he was gonna feel about something, um, you know, feeling the same maybe about his mom that he would his friend's mom or or, or whatever. I think just trying to be self aware uh, in those moments is probably just one of the bigger wins you can have. And as you said, if you can't be and you're <laughs> suddenly you're driving and you're like, wait, <laughs> where am I? Um, then that's okay too. But I just I think one of the biggest things I had to come to realize is it's going to look different. Again, maybe not every time I experience some sort of loss, uh but it's not going to look the same and so I had to develop different Uh, coping mechanisms, because sometimes you got to try a couple things before uh, something actually works and can help you, well, I should say, could help me uh, work through some things.
0: Absolutely, I agree. And, you know, it can, it can look like, um, it can look like a support group, and it definitely can work, look like art. And I think in a journaling, journaling really did help me. Um, And for me, there was just this moment, many years later, uh, when I was working the 12 steps, actually, that I, I had a dream about my dad. Um, and he was, we used to go to the beach as kids and he was floating on his back. Like he used to, he was always really good at that. I'd always kind of sink and sort of drown, but my dad could just like float on his back. And of course my dad, uh, you know, it's the seventies. So I had the seventies flavor of dad, the yelly drink a lot of beer, dad. And, um, we'd always have those solo cups, do you know what I mean? And I remember the dream was my dad just like sort of drifting away into the ocean floating on his back, holding one of those solo cups and waving goodbye. And I woke up, grabbed his photo like I was somebody in a movie Mm. and just burst into tears. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: they were very cleansing tears. It was just really like, it was really, it was a beautiful dream. To me, it felt like I was saying goodbye. And after that, I felt like on the other side of grief for me, and I'm not saying it's not guaranteed, but for me, I was able to get a lot more memories of my dad back that weren't painful. Uh, And there was a period of time during my grief where I didn't want to stop grieving because I felt like it was my last connection to my father. It almost felt disrespectful to get over Mm -hmm. it. And the truth of the matter is, I don't think I'm ever over it. Uh, But I do think I can talk about my dad without... I mean, you can definitely – I mean, I know people always hear the loss of my voice sometimes, but I'm not uncomfortable with that. And Mm -hmm. I can appreciate him more, and I can still think about him. And I do sort of feel close to him still. And at the time when I was really suffering, uh, I didn't feel much of anything. And so I will say there is an advantage to going through the grief. And sometimes, sometimes it'll look like you productively working in your journal. Or for me, there was those three, you know, sessions with the therapist before, you know, I fixed my brakes on my truck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, that was very productive for me. And I, then I joined a 12 step group and that was very, very supportive for me. And then, um, but some of the times it looked like me just going on terrible dates to just avoid thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a friend of mine um, saying, you know, he was dealing with, um, you know, a cancer diagnosis. And he said, you know, I thought I was going to run out and live life. But apparently, I'm just going to watch all these episodes of um, Good Times on reruns. Like, is JJ going to get a job at the chicken shack? Do you know what I'm saying? And so don't be surprised if it does look like you just watching shows that you had no interest in. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, oh, wow. So I'm just watching a facts of life marathon. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's what it looks like sometimes. And I just want to like include everything that it could look like so that when it's happening to someone, they don't feel bad for feeling bad. That was like the worst thing I did to myself. And I, and Mm -hmm. I, and I, I, there might be a little bit of that, but try to curb it, try to curb it. It's okay. You can't grieve wrong. Mm
1: -hmm. You can't grieve wrong. And, and I can't stress enough that you have the right to your emotions whatever they turn out to be. So whether it is you're angry, you're sad, you're frustrated, you're a little bit of all of that rolled into one. The loss is yours and you have the right to those feelings. I think and and I say that because I feel like, you know, we both have lost our fathers and in very different circumstances. So I uh, lost my, I didn't lose him. Uh, My dad died when I was 19, and we did not have a relationship. And so I spent probably 10 to 15 years feeling like I couldn't really be sad about his passing because I didn't know him. Uh, And that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to. Use, I'm sorry. I won't say crazy, but that is just. I look back on it now, and I can't even believe that that was something that I thought. And and part of it was I was young, uh, and as we know, not great at dealing with. Uh, as I've said before, not great at dealing with the emotions, and so a little bit, what that did was just protect me, I think, for a while until I could really deal and process, you know, um, process that loss. But I I just can't stress enough, uh, how, how important it is that we just accept that we are allowed to feel bad. And even, you know, we talk about it here a lot. We are on this positivity journey and we want to see opportunity and we want to, you know, just generally have, or excuse me, we generally want to experience the great things that come from having a positive outlook. Um, but that's never been to ignore the challenges. I mean, we did our whole episode a couple of weeks ago on adversity and, you know, I just think that we are at least a little bit conditioned to just kind of approach life like, everything's fine, nothing to see here, keep it moving, you know, I'm great. Uh, I can suffer this loss and be back to work in a day. Um, and maybe that's just me and I developed some sort of weird <laughs> assumption that I just need to keep moving forward all the time. Um, But I, I quickly, well, not quickly, over a period of time, realized the only thing that was doing was prolonging the actual experience of loss. Because, you know, as you've talked about, it can't, it comes back. I mean, it, it, even when you're dealing with it, Uh, in a a healthy and supportive or supported and um, helpful way, it comes back. And for me, what I recognized is, especially when I was not dealing with stuff, um, it actually came back and kind of hit me harder because not only had I not dealt with it initially, but now I had these years of kind of stuff piled on top of it. And, and I'm not getting on my own case for it. <laughs> um, but I definitely am not willing to, you know, kind of make that, that assumption or, or have that idea that I somehow am not entitled to um, whatever emotions I have surrounding a, a sense of loss that I've experienced.
0: I know what you mean. It's interesting because even if you choose, or you just don't have in the moment the tools or the space or the security, like you're just not in a place in your life or literally where you are, where you have a safe place, safe place to grieve. Um, it, you know, listen it it'll it'll happen eventually. And um, well, I guess maybe not. Uh, you can avoid it your whole life, but I don't know that that numbness that I had for so long when I wasn't dealing with things where it wasn't just that I wasn't feeling my loss and my grief. I wasn't feeling happiness anymore either. Um, And I did not realize that, you know, this fear of feeling, because one of the things that was a big obstacle was it was just, it was almost too big to deal with. It it was just too big to even think about. Um, I didn't even know what I was thinking about it, you know, and I, and I feel like, if you feel lost or you feel numb or you feel whatever you're feeling, you're all right. Do you know what I mean? Like that you can't get it wrong. And there's, there's all types of grief too. It's not just when someone dies, like there's a, it's, there's the, there's the loss of what you thought might happen, like a future. Like, you know what I mean? Like you knew when your father passed that now for sure, there would never be a relationship. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? and, and, It reminds me, okay, so I have, and I don't talk about it often because um, people have this need when you have like a bit of a medical condition or you're dealing with loss to sort of just try to fix it. But there are some things that take time to fix and some things don't come back. Like, and people have a really hard time dealing with that. And I Mm -hmm. don't feel like dealing with people dealing with that. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just, (laughs) it's like, okay, there are people I talk to, but I do have... um, you know bilateral carpal and cubital tunnel and it's as it's a severe um case it's and I did have the surgery before anybody asks uh it did not work um so you know I'm going to look into some physical therapy I keep trying I you know I use the medicines I you know I'm actively participating in a solution however I was a musician from the age of 9 to I don't know 27 30 something like that. And I, you know, i even released like a record, you know, I wrote songs and I wrote some funny songs and I did that. And I was a violinist for many years. And when I found out about this, and one of the things that I can do to make sure that I can retain the use of my fingers and my, you know, uh, is to not overstress them. And so doing things like playing the guitar and playing the violin, you know, they, there's compression on the nerves in two points at the wrist and at the elbow, when you play both of those instruments. I'd invested a good chunk of time of my life and got a lot of joy out of learning how to play those things. And uh, in addition, there's a problem with typing, which as a writer uh, who made a living doing a lot of office work, that was also a loss. And I remember like talking to a friend about it the day I found out and I was like, oh, I'll have to talk to somebody else because their reaction was, well, you know, there are ways to work around that. You'll be fine. And it's like, oh, yes, I will be fine. And I'm sad. And I didn't listen to music as much for a while because it was a reminder. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And then after I felt those feelings and every once in a while, I still like. It's you know it's a genuine encumbrance in my daily life. Do you know what I'm saying? It's really annoying to be honest. And you know you do just deal with it, but there are those type of losses that you you know you know maybe things will get better over time. But I'm not going to pretend like well if I just will it to be so then it's different. You there mm-hmm. some things that just change. And I'm not saying to just give up. I'm still you know in the solution. I've got my voice software. I you know I might try and figure out how to play keyboards again. You know what I mean? By, you know, positioning my hands in a certain way, there are braces, there are things I can do. But what I can't do is play at will for as long as I want, however I want, like I used to. And Mm -hmm. that isn't as fun. There are more things that I can look forward to. There's an opportunity. I can write books faster if I use voice software. However, it's filled with a lot of weird errors that I wouldn't have made, just in case you've read some of my books. I know the difference between manner and manner. Okay. They sound the same in my software. And um if you've ever like had to say correct that, go to and then just watch the cursor madly dash across the screen while you want to throw your computer out the window, you know, I mourn the loss of, you know, <laughs> not having that happen. All right. It's a pain in the butt sometimes. And some days some days it hurts. Like physically and It bums me out. It just makes me Mm -hmm. frustrated or sad. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you also highlight another thing is it's okay in your grief, if every once in a while, a a packet of humor or less grief kind of pops up, I guess. I think one of the challenge, not challenges, one of the things that I sometimes would uh, find myself in is if I am, you know, taking the time to feel my feelings, uh, feeling like if I was at all happy or or feeling less um Less sad than somehow I was either not dealing with it appropriately or I was being disrespectful or, you know, you name it. I probably thought it. Uh, and that's just, that isn't true. That wasn't true for me. Um, and it's, you know, it's not true for anyone else. You can be in the midst of, you know, grieving a loss and you can still have these moments of, um, I don't know if positivity is the right word, but you can have these uplifting or up kind of up moments, I guess. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily, you know, at the end of your experience of that loss, or it doesn't mean that you don't care about something. And I feel like some of these things are, are lessons I had to learn you know, over time or, or maybe just came with getting older. Um, but I think, you know, that idea of being able to still have, um, these pockets of up, upbeat isn't the right word, but that's the best one I can come up with right now. Um, you can still have that and still be in the midst of your grief. And I think that's another thing. um, If you're, you know, if, if you've had the experience and you're, you're like me and you start to get down on yourself about that, I would just say, please don't. It's all part of the experience. Uh, And, um, and truly take those moments where you can.
0: Yes, I, yeah, it's it's really interesting that you should say that because I remember being at the hospice with my brother and I don't remember what we were joking uh, about, do you know what I mean? But it felt so good to laugh. It was something to do with, in the hospice, they had um, like moon pies and there was this other family that had obviously hidden them. Like they <laughs> hid them in the microwave or something to get at it from us. And we both were just like we're eating all these moon pies and we're eating them right now. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't eat all of them because, you know, the idea that you can eat like more than one moon pie as a grown adult is something that you think you have the ability to do until you get like midway through like second moon pie. And you're like, Oh, do you know what I mean? And he's like, let's hide them somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's like, they started it. (laughs) It (laughs) <laughs> and, and for some reason it was just so funny to me and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we're in the hospice do you know what i mean like there's this like oh this is really not appropriate <laughs> but sometimes yeah. it's it's sort of like that mary tyler moore you know when she starts laughing at the clown's funeral i don't know if you know that episode where it shakes not, not shakes the clown that's a totally different movie <laughs> but there's an episode of mary tyler moore where like everybody has different reactions and they laughed at inappropriate parts and then she gets the giggles at the funeral or something like that and um you know that's okay too and i did have that same feeling of like oh i'm not really you know um here but it's just that's how our family dealt with a lot of things do you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and um oh yeah i remember <laughs> He had the catheter, and I was like, I don't want the last words to my father to be, stop pulling on that. (laughs) my brother and I were like, that's terrible. I'm like, I've seen too much, David. I've seen too much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, but it it broke the tension. And so yeah, it can look like a lot of different things. And and also I think there I know this episode is called I mean, I know the, the podcast is called the Positive View, but I would just want people to think positively in their mind on being you know, giving yourself that forgiveness, giving yourself that be kind to yourself in your mind as much as you can in that time. Because mm-hmm. um it's fine if you're not I mean if if something's going terribly wrong right now for you and you're listening to the positive view you know what I mean? Because you're trying to reach for something more. Good for you. This is the more. You've won. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get on your own case about, and I was getting ready to swear, but don't get on your own butt about, um, I'm not doing more. I've got to be, you're everything right now. You're everything. Mm -hmm. You're okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to hurt. Life hurts sometimes. I don't know why people don't want to talk about that, but I think there's something very positive to be had in that self-forgiveness and that self-love to say, I'm resilient. I feel pain. I hurt. I'm okay.
1: Mm, Yeah. And I think you touched on it there too. There is That idea of, and we've talked about it before, uh, self-care during times like these, just and really, truly being able to identify what you need uh, to work through it and and being okay, like allow yourself to be okay with saying, okay, well, during this, you know, right now I'm going through something tough. So what I need right now is to... not talk to anybody. I don't know. Sometimes that's my thing. I just need to be by myself to process Uh, and, and whatever it looks like, it's okay. One thing I, I would just offer as well is sometimes we need the opportunity to actually do something tangible to let something go or, or to really kind of, um, Mark the loss, and so if there is i mean it's it is at least in part why we when when someone dies, why we have a funeral, there is some sort of you know having some sort of ritual to say goodbye to something um can be very cathartic though it will it won't necessarily be the end to that sense of grief um but just letting people you know like putting out there that. A ritual can, as with other things, a ritual is what you say it is. So if that is getting to get, you know, grieving of someone you've lost and getting together with loved ones to say goodbye to that person or grieving, um, you know, I know uh, sometimes with uh, a move. So when I moved from California back to Wisconsin, um I was I knew I was making the right choice but I was saying essentially goodbye to a really significant small but significant chapter of my life and so my friend and I went on a farewell tour of all my favorite places uh in California and it just helped to kind of mark and close helped me kind of process that things were changing and that I was losing kind of this life i guess that i had kind of built for myself out in california again knowing it was the right move for me but still just being able to mark that and, and be really grateful for the have that opportunity to be grateful for the experience i had allowed me i think to let go and and step into what what was coming next for me
0: I love that you mentioned that. That's so true. I do think one of the positive things that you can take is that by giving yourself an opportunity to feel your feelings, you do for yourself to step into what's next because there's always something next and not in a disrespectful way. Do you know what I'm saying? And it reminds me, I was um, at a retreat or whatever for um, people. I, I was really out of my comfort zone there. But one of the things they did was with stuff that, you know, sometimes people have like trauma left over from their childhood, or they have resentments that they have against people, and they have grief that they're dealing with. And one of the things that we did was, and I think a lot of people have done this before, but is to write them on slips of paper, and then burn it.
1: Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. I, you know,
0: and some people like to go to a grave site, or they have a toast on a certain day. Uh, do you know what I mean? So they, you know, take a drink from, you know, a bottle of scotch or something or something that they had. Now I'm not saying, hey, drink all your problems away. But I do, do understand the ritual of, you know, having a drink, drink to salute somebody or a time in your life or saying goodbye or doing something like that, that I think, um, that I think it'd be very positive because it can, can open you up for what's next. And it gives you an opportunity to acknowledge it and feel it. And it doesn't mean you never will feel it again but it does mark the time well and it does it does allow you it's sort of like we were talking on the new year's resolution last last uh last episode we were talking about you know uh closing out the year and starting the next year and um i think with some losses they're never completely closed but i do think that by acknowledging it, it, you sort of celebrate the memory of what was, and you always keep a little bit of that in your heart. I really do believe it.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Oh, and I, oh, I, I'll just say one more thing, I think, and I don't know if, I, I think I kind of was get alluding to it, but I also think one last kind of thing is just, just allow yourself to say, this sucks. <laughs> like, This is awful. And if you want to say that out loud, you want to shout it outside, you want to shout it in the car, you want to shout it in your pillow, or you just want to say it quietly, that's okay, too. Um, But just acknowledging, like, it's not even just acknowledging the loss or that you're in the midst of grief. But if you if it's helpful, just to be like, what the you know what, this sucks. And I found in the last couple of years being able to just even think that and acknowledge that even if I don't get it out there um, or maybe I'm journaling about it, that has helped immensely to almost like bring a focus to, yeah, wait a minute, this does suck. And, and help to identify or, or almost put a name to Uh, how I am feeling.
0: Yes. And, you know, it's really interesting because I, I understand that some people might think, wow, declaring something sucks doesn't sound like you're taking the positive view, but I love what Mel Robbins said, and I'll repeat it here with cleaned up language. Being positive doesn't mean you're eating a poop sandwich and you tell yourself it tastes delicious. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's acknowledging what happens and knowing that a better day and a brighter day is going to come. And I do feel like you unburden yourself when you just tell it like it is to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like this sucks. And I completely, yeah, I do really believe that acknowledging that is not, it's not being negative. It's being real. It's being honest and only mm-hmm. good things. And the ability to be real and the ability to face your feelings and face the situation as it is, not as you would have it be, is a very it's a very healthy thing to do. And it's a way that I think is going to allow for a lot more opportunity in healing. But just me saying, I'm positive I don't have a broken leg when I have a broken leg and walking on it, I think... I'm missing out on the ability to, um, I don't know, uh, I'm missing out on the opportunity to not damage myself further. Um, So uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So so basically Mm -hmm. the idea is, the hope behind doing this is we feel our feelings and we deal with the loss and the grief so that we can get to a uh, a better place in our life. And the obstacles can be things like guilt and comparison and misplaced gratitude. You know, I should be grateful for this, so I can't feel that. And, you know, you this need to get back to normal or a delayed effect or distractions or uh, telling ourselves that we need to be over it. But I do think the solution can be just like what you said, acknowledging that it sucks, some sort of ritual for the loss, maybe, you know, the funeral or a goodbye tour or, a, you know, something that you can do to acknowledge the loss, like a ritual can comfort you. Of course, outreach, support, journaling, art, uh, giving yourself a break and being kind to yourself in your mind, remembering that even if you're hurting, that you're still okay, and knowing in your heart that you cannot grieve wrong. You cannot grieve the loss wrong and that your feelings are real. And um, that brings us to this week's mission. Uh, This week's mission is to give yourself the opportunity to get to say goodbye to something or someone if you need to. So uh, go ahead and give yourself that time right now if you'd like, or if you have to. And uh, feel free to write to us about it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, your questions, your grief, uh, or even the um, perspective on any of the topics we've discussed in any other episode. You can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com.
1: Mm -hmm. And on the next uh, episode, we're going to discuss what you get out of being positive. And don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast because it helps more people to find us. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Brianna G,
0: And I'm Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.